Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 148, Talking Turkey with Preston Pittman. And I am your host and the guy who early this morning thought that he was in a world of trouble. You see, my job every morning when the alarm clock goes off is to go down into the kitchen and turn on the coffee pot. I usually do that with my eyes closed and with no lights on. And after, oh, a good, I'd say, couple of years with no problems, this morning, in my fog of waking up, and in my blindness of not having my contacts in and of walking around in the dark and trying to get the coffee pot off of the dish towel to put the lid on it, to put it in the coffee maker, to press the button on the coffee maker, I knock off something glass from the dish towel that all of the dishes from last night that did not go in the dishwasher were sitting on. And I thought I broke the coffee pot. So I am standing in the kitchen on the tile floor with my underwear on, no shoes, no shirt, no contact lenses, in the dark, surrounded by glass. And I managed to get out of there without stepping on any glass and cutting my foot, which was a good thing. And I hear the wife call to me from the top of the stairs, are you okay? To which I replied, I am, but there's going to be no coffee for you today. After one quick expletive. I hear her walk back into the bedroom, get some shoes on, and she went downstairs as I walked upstairs to get shoes on and get my contacts in, and I hear her cleaning up. Well, by the time that I had gotten down there, she pretty much had everything cleaned up, and when I walked in the kitchen, I hear the coffee maker running. So, when I walked into the kitchen, I looked at her and I said, that was not the coffee pot that I broke, obviously. What did I break? She said, oh, it was one of the glass bowls. And then she proceeded to apologize for putting the glass bowls on the edge of the dish rag, on the edge of the counter. And of course, I told her, I said, hey, it's no big deal. You didn't do that on purpose. I'm the one walking around in the dark without contacts in and with my eyes closed, trying to feel around and grab the coffee pot to put it in the coffee maker to start the coffee maker for you. So no harm, no foul. As long as you've got coffee, we're in good shape. So I dodged a bullet. I did not get a beating for breaking the coffee pot. And... My wife got to enjoy her hazelnut creamer with a splash of coffee this morning like she always gets. 
So today, we are 203 days, 10 hours, 42 minutes, and 20 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And I'm back this week with some new original content for you guys, and I'm excited to be bringing this to you. So this past week, I went to West Point, Mississippi, and I spent a day and a half with our friend Preston Pittman with Pittman Game Calls and Long Leaf Camo. Now, Preston's been on several shows over the past three and a half years, and he is always a lot of fun to have on the show, and he enjoys sharing his passion about turkey hunting in hopes that that passion and knowledge and experience can make us all better turkey hunters. So over the course of the past several months and during a couple of discussions with Preston, about working with me on a project. We finally got some time scheduled on our calendars and we got started. Now, I can't really go into detail at this point about what Preston and I were working on. That announcement will come in the next few months. But in between our work sessions, we did talk a lot of turkey. And this week, I'm bringing you some of that turkey talk. Some of this talk was my picking Preston's brain while we were, or I should say mainly he was, cooking dinner or we were eating dinner or lunch. So the conversation is very casual. The audio at times is not the best due to background noise or low volume. The manners may or may not make mama proud. The food was excellent though. The camaraderie was fun and the info was always great. So I'm going to do a little intro into every audio clip that I'm going to play for you guys this week. And this first one is from me rolling the recorder while Preston was cooking dinner. By the way, we had steak, taters, mushrooms and onions, beanie weenies, and salad. Dinner was fantastic. And Preston loves to cook. And yeah, I benefited from that a good bit, but I did help out some. Now, I knew from other conversations that Preston has killed turkeys in a lot of states across the country. And I was curious, so I asked him. Preston, have you ever stopped to count how many states you've killed in? Because you got to be fairly close to a super slam. And now, of course, his reply led me to another question. And I'm going to play his reply and my follow-up question here. Uh, pushing the 30 mark. Like Washington, Utah, Jersey, all that little tip up in there. Right. New Hampshire, I haven't hit none of that. Since you're that close, do you have a desire to Not really. knock it out? Not no. Really. I'm 63. Well, I mean, that don't mean anything. You got, so you got 20 more years left in you. At least, at least 20 more years left in you. What are you going to do? You wake up one morning, you're 83, and you feel like you're on your deathbed, and you go, I'm four states shy of killing a turkey and all 49 that have turkeys. Oh, I've had a good life. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Uh, well, the, the thing is, you won't be lying. You would have had a good life. That is for sure. Yeah. I tell you what my true desire is. I have killed multiple <coughs> grand slams. Yep. Uh, the first person to ever kill documented a grand slam in the same year, and it ended up being a double grand slam. 
which uh, what that produced was the double grand slam of the American wild turkey. One of my first my first video. I want to go to Mexico and kill the ghouls. I want to go down to Yucatan and kill an isolated. Yeah. That's what I really want. Yeah. And, and I just that's my real desire. I'd like to finish up my world slam. Yeah. I'll kill hybrids all over the place. You know, Merriams and those hybrids are pretty cool. Rios and Merriams and Rios and Easterns. I've killed all the sub sub species. Yeah. Uh, but I still haven't killed those 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 things. So I do want to do that. I really do. I'm enjoying shooting hybrids. It's like a, they're cool. A little more bond in it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Plus it was about 20, almost 24, and I was like 22 or something like that. So. Now that voice that you hear, that is a man by the name of Land Smathers, who works for Preston, and he helps Preston build calls in the shop. So it was great to meet Land and have him help Preston and I on this little project that we have. So you'll hear Land in these audio clips every so often. We hunted in Utah. They had Rios and Merriams at this spot. And of course, because they had Rios and Merriams, they had hybrids. And I called in the first afternoon. I actually fanned in and called in three birds in full strut. There was a Rio, a Merriam, and a hybrid. Oh, that's I killed an Eastern, a hybrid, and a Merriam in Nebraska. And the same day? Or just the same boom, trip? Boom, no joke. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been fun. And that voice you just heard there is me playing the role of Captain Obvious because obviously shooting three turkeys boom 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 would be a lot of fun and i'm sure that's something that we all would love to do at some point in time and since we got to talking about some of these other subspecies of turkeys we also got to talking about hunting in different parts of the country and land brought up a very good point it's amazing how you go out west or either up north and people just don't seem to Care. They don't care. Around here. You can't hardly find a block of land that ain't being hunted down here. And I always laugh when I hear people say, yeah, this hunting club that I'm in, nobody hunts it. Nobody turkey hunts it. We ought to go down there one morning. And I look at them and go, you mean nobody's turkey hunting it illegally? Yeah, yeah somebody's turkey hunting out there. Because I'll promise you somebody's turkey hunting it. Now, from here, we got on the topic of access. And... Access is something that the NWTF is really working on right now. That's part of their goal of Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt, is to get us hunters better access to a lot of the public land out there that's available to us. And we got on the topic of hunting land in other states and how accessible it is in other states. It's much more accessible in other states than it is in Mississippi or Alabama. And here's the clip from that part of the interview. Now, when I was in Nebraska four or five years ago, they gave you, a, I call it another piece of map. You didn't call anybody, you didn't reserve anything, you just went to it. That's so strange yeah, from around here. And it, and it was private land, but I tell you this, you had to hunt it out, I tell you. Yeah. And you go to a lot of states, 
you know, you you have to get on their website and and see what's legal and what's not legal. Like New Hampshire, if land's not posted, you hunt it. Maine legally. Maine's the same way. Mm -hmm. And I think that you know a lot of people just say, well, I'm gonna, just going to go hunt public land. Well, that's fine and dandy, but you're missing out on a good opportunity. Yeah, I've heard that a while, a lot here lately. All that it's it's state something about. Unless it's posted with signs, it's public property pretty much, as far as hunting's concerned. Yeah. Which yeah, I went to Maine one year. I couldn't do it. I was scared to death. I mean, I'm looking at a long beard that I could have killed. Easy. Going around a little island, got behind the stump pile, mm -hmm. waiting for him to come by and kill it. I'm like, I can't do it. But just, I'm, I'm scared to death. Yeah. Crossing the fence. When we were in Utah hunting, we, me and the guy I was hunting with, Brian, had killed first afternoon, so we were done. You get one bird there and you're done. So we were riding around the next morning trying to help the other two guys that hadn't killed to find birds. We drove up and there was a flock of birds in a field right on the side of the road. And the guy that, we, that was there said, uh, Oh, we, we can hunt these birds. This land's not posted. So I start looking for a posted sign. Well, I look about 400 yards down the road, and there's a posted sign down there. I said, it's posted. Where? I said, right down there. You see that yellow sign way down there? He goes, uh-uh, that don't work. It's got to be posted like every 75 or 100 yards or something like that. I said, yeah, that sounds fishy to me, man. Uh -uh. That sounds like some BS to me. I feel funny crossing a property fence on my <laughs> own property. <laughs> That's what the guy was trying to tell us, and I'm going, I just can't do it. I understand that. I said, you don't understand. I'm in the industry. Yeah. Right. It, it ain't worth it. No. Every outdoor. Ryder would absolutely love that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so as you'll see in a few minutes, there really was no topic about turkey hunting that we didn't touch on at some point in time during our conversations. But I'd heard Preston mention just in passing really kind of how he got his start with turkey hunting and turkey calling and turkey calling championships and that led me ask the question. When did you start making calls? At what age? 13. Were you making diaphragm calls at that point? Primarily, when did you start woodworking and making that really came pegs on and about 15 years old. Okay. I mean, I played with some stuff, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. so simple and basic. A piece of plate in my hand with corn cob and piece of plate in my Making diaphragm calls at the age of 13 is pretty dang impressive. Not only that, but he's making diaphragm calls and using them in calling contests, and he's winning the calling contest. So that's extremely impressive to me. Now, like I said before, there was no topic that we didn't cover about turkey hunting. And of course we had to talk about what can be the controversial topic of fanning. Well, let, let him see that. 
And that was what, about 45 minutes? Yeah. 45 minute crawl? Yeah, yeah this is one minute video though of it all. The first two minutes was you, him off enough you talking him into it? Oh, there's narration on the whole. I, I, I put the camera on let it run. You can see our trail through the dew. I love doing that. That is so much fun. Blast. People talk a lot about it, but they wouldn't if they did it. Well, one down, two down. I'm on there today. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. Uh, you know... What? I'd well, rather crawl one than I would call one. I make no bones about it. It is so much fun. People just look for a reason to complain about something. And they're going to say that's not sporting, that's not challenging. Call, crawl 600 yards on one and tell me it ain't challenging. Yeah. Jeez. Ain't no different than spotting stalking a deer. You going to tell me that's... You, and you're trying to outdo the best eyeballs, and not just one set of eyeballs either. Because no, most of the time, yeah, most of the time there's, there's more than one. And it's no more dangerous than going 70 miles an hour down the interstate with a cell phone in your hand, texting somebody, or talking on the phone to somebody. I see that crap all the time now. I'm just like, man. And the off chance that you're crawling on a turkey and some folks are stupid enough to shoot a fan, with no turkey in front of it, then, I mean, that's just luck of the draw, but I wouldn't do it on public land. Yeah. Probably. I don't see the harm in it. Just people got to have something to say about everything. As uh, people will have something to say about this video. Mm -hmm. yeah. You get a whole lot of bad. No, fortunately I don't. I want to have a couple of people. It's always people from out of the country too. It's never a manager. Really? I had, when I first got on Twitter, I had an anti-hunter tag me in some sort of a post to a couple of other antis. And I blocked them. And that's the only time that I ever had any issue of ever, out of anybody, but I'm so far down the list. Well, I'm not even that. It's just that the people that have it all the time are the people that actually respond to it. Yeah. And they get a charge out of it. Well, every time I see it, I just, like you said, block them and don't yeah. even come in I got no time for that crap. So what we were talking about there is, of course, the anti-hunting trolls on social media who have nothing better than to attack those of us who are hunters using the social media platforms out there. And we know there is a bunch of them that do it, but I don't deal with a whole lot of that because I just don't have the time. And I know I'm not going to change their mind in 140 characters or less. And I'm not going to waste the oxygen on them. They're not worth it. So on the rare occasion that I run across one on social media who wants to attack me, they just get blocked. It's just that easy. Now, dinner time wasn't all business all the time. How's your steak cook, Lance? Perfect. 
Is yours well enough, Preston? You ain't even cut it yet. Okay, so that is all for the free portion of this week's episode. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, you need to become a premium subscriber to the show. And to become a premium subscriber to the show, you can do one of two things. First, and this is probably the easiest, you can text the word Turkey Hunter with no spaces to the number 44222. That is Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. What will happen from there is I'll send you a text back to the number that you texted me on with instructions on what to do next to become a subscriber. The cost of subscribing is $12 per year. So it's $12 for 52 weeks of premium content along with the premium content for all of the episodes in the past. The other way that you can subscribe, and it's a little bit more difficult to find, but if you don't want to text to the number 44222 because you think I'm going to do something with your phone number, and I am not, I will not market anything to you at that number. I will never text you or call you at that number, nor will I sell that number to anyone ever. I'm using it simply to give you information on how to subscribe to premium content. But if you don't want to do that, you can go to my website, theturkeyhunterpodcast.com. Click on one of the episodes that has the letter P behind the number. For example, 148P. Click on that, and if you look around a little bit on that page for that episode, you should see a button that says subscribe. And you need to click that button, and you can just go from there. Enter your credit card number or pay through PayPal and get it done that way. So that's all that I've got for you guys this week. But I want to, first of all, thank you for tuning in. I know the audio in some of the portions of this week's episode were a little bit rough. To me, I didn't think it was much different as far as the background noise and all than some of the interviews that I bring you guys from some of these trade shows and from the NWTF convention as well. So the second thing is, if you learned something from this week's episode, if you would and you haven't already done so, go to your podcast player and leave the Turkey Hunter podcast a five-star rating and a review. That will be very, very helpful and much appreciated by me. So that's all I've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.